We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, another Nets win tonight over the Cavs, 117-112. How are we doing, Jack? The wins are even better, Nick, when they're led by Patty Mills and Killer Chef Curry Cam. Whatever you want to call him, he's cooking. Patty's cooking. The, the Nets guards doing work. Yeah, this was the first game we saw Cam Thomas contribute to winning basketball in the NBA, and it was pretty cool to see. We'll jump to that and plenty more. Catch the buzz on all streaming platforms. Jack, where do you want to start? Nick, you tell me. Who do you think is who do you think was the key to this comeback? Uh, obviously, Darius Garland getting a bit of an elbow to the head from DeAndre Bembry. You know, obviously inadvertent, not necessarily LeBron James style uh, with, <laughs> with what he did. Uh, but in saying that, who do you think was uh, the the catalyst for it? And I mean, I got to see uh, a solid chunk of the game, and I've obviously got my own biases here. But who helped lead the Nets back from the abyss? You know, it'd be easy to go with the superstars here. I think there's one adjustment that we'll talk about later that I thought was pretty big. But let me give Cam Thomas some credit here because I thought having that youthful energy in the game, some excitement, some scoring pop, some spacing, and now that kind of helped the Nets get a boost and make that run and win the game. And we've seen with these second units, they are just lacking some pop. And he came off the bench, gave the Nets 11 points, four or seven from the field, two or three from deep, one and one from the free throw line, three rebounds, one block. I thought he played solid defense, and I'm not saying he's the reason they won the game, but he definitely gave them a different level of spark in this one just because they're missing that. And it's, you know, it's a, what is it, a November game against the Cavs. It's not that exciting. It's not like it's going against the Lakers or the Warriors or something like that. So sometimes you need these young guys to come off the bench and create some excitement, and he did that tonight. Plus 11 and 15 minutes. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Too. 
scored 11, like, and, and they weren't bad shots. He wasn't forcing anything like we saw in, you know, very mild instances of the, the sort of junkish sort of time that yep. he was thrown out there or the filler time that uh, you alluded to in, in, in previous games. But all the shots that I saw, there was a, a basically he was able to showcase three-level scoring, getting yep. to the line, hitting that mid-range at the end of the third quarter, which I was like, okay, take the three there. But then he knows he's got the mid-range in his back. Like, he's... For a guy who's a rookie, there aren't many rookies that have a bag as deep as Mr. Killer Cam Thomas. So just the awareness and the and, and he made some nice kick out passes, yep. some you know, like solid fundamental plays. He just looked like he belonged out there. And I think the Cavs are a pretty good team, Nick. You know, this season, obviously they've got their injuries here and there, but you know, our boy Jared Allen was back, Larry Markin was back, Ricky Brugo's playing well, Darius Garland's been a revelation this season. So for Cam Thomas to be out there and alongside Patty Mills in a lot of lives, they were just uh, balls of energy and balls of excitement um, in, in a lot of respects. Yeah, and it just gives the Nets some offensive pop. Like, he's a guy that can hit threes, and you mentioned it, Jack. We saw, like, different aspects of his game. This is kind of the player he can be in the NBA right now, and maybe there's a possibility as the season progresses he could do a little bit more scoring on his own or a little bit more creating, but it's what we talked about a lot in the offseason, like being a three-point threat, and then when you get closed out on hard, attack. You know, you saw the mid-range, you saw the floater. You know, he did get blocked by Kevin Love, but I think he'll adjust to that as he kind of moves forward. So the defense, too. Uh, what was it? One of his first possessions in the game. You know, plays great defense, gets the block, saves the block, throws it back in bounds. Those are just kind of plays that create energy. And I'm not saying, you know, like I said, Cam Thomas is not the reason they won the game, but he definitely provided some level of spark and some level of excitement for the team, the fan base, and also just the possibility of him going forward and being an option that can give you something off the bench instead of depending so hard on KD and James Harden for all that offensive pop and Patty Mills and LaMarcus. Yeah, and then relying on you know, supplementary players like Von Carter, Keandre Bembry, Bruce Brown, and you know smart coaching from Steve Nash. You know, yeah. full credit goes to him for taking out Javon Carter because you know net negative again, hitting a couple of three balls, but just not doing enough defensively. In a lot of ways, you just balance it all out. Cam Thomas is by far a superior offensive player, despite the fact that maybe Javon Carter is a little bit better of a ball handler and initiator. But I don't really think that's much. That's much to be said to to be honest, especially when Cam. When both of them are out there with Patty Mills, there just seemed to be a nice little synergy between those two. Um, Patty Mills is just developing really good on-court chemistry with so many guys. It's so much fun to watch. And so I, I think that Cam just proved himself, like whether it's whatever matchups, you know, give him some time. I, I think that we've all been sort of clamoring for it in yep. a lot of ways, especially seeing a lot of other teams play their rookies, including Golden State, and they've been so successful. And they've played Moses Moody, and they've played uh, Jonathan Kaminga uh, against us even. And, you know, they were doing some good things. We've been wanting, we know that this guy's got so much talent, so much potential. He, got, he dropped nearly a 50-piece in the goddamn Long Island a yeah. couple of nights ago. Um, and he's just taking that confidence and bringing it into... And, I think that it's hard to to go from a Long Island summer league sort of system that Cam Thomas has had, where the ball is in his hands a million times. He'll have thirty shots a game to go. Okay, now we need you to be a gunner role player. We need yeah. you to fit within the offense, and that's hard for a guy to adjust his mentality, adjust where he he can fit, but and and, and utilize his the best of his skill set. But uh, he was great tonight. Awesome performance for Killer Cam, and and you know the to get this from him uh, against a pretty quality opponent, like I mentioned, Nick. Um, it's absolute gravy. 
Yeah, and I think it's going to take some time to adjust. Not only is he used to playing that in summer league in Long Island, he's pretty much played that way his entire life. You know, when he was at LSU, he was the offense. That was kind of his job. So, you know, he needs time to adjust. But even if it was strictly three-point shooting and just high-effort defense, I'd be okay with that because the Nets are desperately lacking spacing. Obviously, Joe Harris is out, but you mentioned some of the other guys they play. You know, they play Ben Bray, they play Griffin, they play Brown, they play Johnson, all guys that don't have consistent three-point shots. So if Cam could just be good from three and show effort defensively, like there's going to be mistakes out there, but I saw a couple tweets today and I thought this was great points. Is like if he's making those mistakes at 100% energy level, like high-speed mistakes, that's okay. It's not like he's being lazy out there. Those are the things that you can live with, especially from a rookie because – you'll end up benefiting from this later in the season when he's more polished. Yeah, there's sort of like Kevin Durant mistakes when he's over-rotating and, and, and trying to help too much compared yeah. to James Harden mistakes where he just can't. He just lets... Just he doesn't have the, the ball. Yeah. yeah, swipes at the ball, lets guys blow by him because he doesn't have the lateral quickness to, yeah. to sort of stop them. But Cam Thomas has, also has a little bit of size about him for the guard position, you know, like 6'4"-ish, whereas Javon Carter being six foot, while he obviously can be a hound defensively, if you have him and Mills out there, you know, there isn't much size at all. Whereas if you have James Harden, obviously, as a, a guy who's like 6'5", he's pretty pretty sizable for a guy of, of his, his stature at the, at the shooting guard point guard position. But if you've got Paddy Mills out there and Javon Carter... You, know, you can exploit that a little bit and, and, and try and find some openings uh, with some bigger guys. Obviously not with a Darius Garland, who's basically the same height as those dudes. But I think Callum Thomas is actually going to be... And he, he's got a solid body about him. He's, he's, yep. he's strong enough, especially offensively. You know, he's not afraid of contact whatsoever. So uh, it was... Cool to see, you know, him bring, you know, the Long Island dominance and then just cater it to to, to the NBA-level basketball. Um, it, it's going to be something that we'll remember for a really long time, and I'm sure he will too. Yeah, and on uh, Cam, uh, KD on Cam Thomas, he was incredible for us. He gave us a spark we needed, I think, parentheses. His defense kept him in the game. He needs to build on that because he has a bright future. So, like, I think you could see from the teammates, too, because the, the team was kind of dead in that first half. There just, like, wasn't much pop to it. And Cam did play in the first half as well, but it's really where you had that third quarter run where the team just was like, boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? And sometimes that's what you need in these games. But, Jack, I think another big adjustment in this one, too, that helped was led to the win was, I don't know if this was Steve Nash or Kevin Durant, personally he switched on to jared allen so now the pick and roll between darius garland and jared allen was murdering the nets for the first two and a half quarters of this game they make that switch and now KD's comfortable switching on the garland he's moving faster in those situations and i feel like that really helped pop the nets defense up i think in general in the third quarter they just turn the energy up played with a little bit more physicality but those small adjustments defensively are what can help you win games and they're adjustments that we necessarily haven't seen from steve nash a lot in this you know this early season yeah, 32 to 19 compared to 36 to 28, you know, to the Cavs' advantage in that second compared to the third quarter. So a plus yep. 13 point advantage in that third quarter. Obviously, we spoke about Cam Thomas, you know, Kevin Durant, while not his best game, uh, he just always seems to have a little bit of rust, you know, as we've seen last season coming off the. Uh, coming off, you know, whether it's resting or an injury, and maybe he's doing some other things behind the scenes with our girl Taylor Rooks at Bleacher Report, and you know, some adult curricular activities for his for his agent, Rich Kleiman. I thought. Yeah, check my timeline if you want to see what that's about. <laughs> uh, I don't want to throw my boy Kevin Rand under the bus, but he's doing his thing. But yeah, I think that the the engagement, I've always said this about Steve Nash, is that if he's proactive and impacting the game, it's sort of like what you said about Cam Thomas. You'd rather try stuff than that, that doesn't work rather than just be lackadaisical and reactive to what's happening. 
to actually be proactive, make the changes and go, okay, Kevin Durant's an incredible defender, probably our best pick-and-roll defender, even though that shouldn't be the case. You probably throw it at DeAndre Bembry too, but he's 6'5". You throw it at Bruce Brown too, but he's 6'3". So you just, all the little wrinkles here are, are the reason why the, the Nets were able to come back. You know, they had a 65 to, to 49 second half. You know, that second half to be able to readjust and go, you know, we always, we've seen, you know, when the Nets are at their best, they're able to readjust, look at tape at halftime and go, okay, we know what's going wrong here. We know what we need to do. Uh, and they continue to show some things that we saw against Orlando, some gritty sort of stuff. You know, yep. James Johnson doing his thing with the balls, Marcus Aldridge, a few things here and there. You know, Paul Millsap, I thought, rebounded the ball pretty well. And James Harden continued to do that. The team rebounding seemed to be a bit better. And LaMarcus Aldridge has been incredible on the boards of late. Him and, ja- him and um, James Johnson in that front court uh, have looked you know, great in the in the past sort of, you know, clutch time and, and fourth quarter performances. Whether that lasts against, you know, some better teams, you know, some elite teams, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm not going to knock it out whatsoever. But Nick, how have we not talked about Paddy Mills yet? We, we spent a lot of time talking about my boy Killer Cam. I was trying to, you know, weave you into Paddy Mills' talk, but of course you want to speak about Steve Nash and the X's and the O's. Let's get to the Aussie killer. Let's get to baller Paddy because... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Can we say one more thing on Steve Nash? Oh, you're fine. Okay, fine. Another big adjustment that he did, and I think this is something he didn't necessarily want to do, is he benched Blake Griffin in the second half. Yeah, you know, Blake Blake wasn't good in this game. He was having issues. Uh, we talked about the Garland and Allen pick and roll. That was just getting demolished with Blake in there because he just doesn't have the length to deal with Jared Allen. There was even a couple possessions where Allen was able to just kind of either score over him or reach over him for the rebound because he just doesn't have that size. But moving to Patty Mills, Jack, 
I'll let you lead. Look, six of ten from the field, including five and nine from three, plus 20 on the night, leading the team in that regard. So whether it was with the second unit, whether it was with the superstars, without the superstars, you can make a very credible argument that Paddy Mills was one of the most, if not the most important player out there tonight. 17 points, three dimes, little defensive plays here and there, yep. killer three balls off James Johnson. I'm really liking the little chemistry and handoffs from James Johnson and Paddy Mills. That's been really, really nice. And you have, you know, obviously, LaMarcus Aldridge, the embedded chemistry that they've got with their history since Portland and San Antonio, for that matter. What more can I say about Paddy Mills, Nick? You know, I've, I've, I've got enough content to write a goddamn book. You know, not even a book, like a goddamn book series. Like it's Harry Potter and there's seven... And I'll, maybe let's turn into a film franchise, my love for Paddy Mills. Because, <laughs> dear Lord, the way that this guy's adjusted, he's playing as good a basketball as I've ever seen him play. He's yeah. playing Olympic-level basketball for Paddy Mills, but in a way where he's not the lead guy, but we need lead guy moments from him. And he's giving us that. He's providing spark threes, little defensive plays, little deflections here and there. It's a joy to watch. And, you know, if I wasn't uh, at an establishment where I have to teach children, I'd be a bit more explicit. Let's put it that way. Yeah, maybe he thought it was the Olympics. Rubio was out there, you know, some international ball. He turned it up. He got, you know, he was live for that play. Like you said, he drew the offensive foul on Rubio late in the game and then hit the three on the offensive possession. That was huge. I think he's finally starting to kind of understand his role and where he can kind of find these spots. And his trigger on a three-point shot is insanely quick. I mean, like, we're talking like probably one of the fastest in the NBA. It's just it's so remarkable. crazy to see. It's, it's, I don't mean to interrupt, Nick, and no. I don't mean this to be sacrilege in any way, but it's Stephen Curry-esque. Yeah. I'm not saying it's, Stephen Curry is the best and probably has the quickest trigger in the history of the sport and maybe that we'll ever see. But Paddy Mills has that same sort of mechanic about him. Yeah, it's just so quick. He's always ready. It's just like you're putting like almost a bullet in the chamber when the ball hits his hand, and it's just like, bomb. So, Patty's been awesome, and I think, like I said, he's starting to find his groove on this team and kind of understand what he can do, and like you said, the chemistry with James Johnson is really nice, and I think a big factor for that, and I saw this pointed out on Twitter, is like, James Johnson's actually capable of dribbling and moving with some speed. You know, Blake Griffin, Paul Millsap, LaMarcus Aldridge, they're just not really those guys right now at that point in their career. But James Johnson still has a little pop in that step, can create a little bit of space, especially when the defender's la- uh, like sagging off him so much. He utilizes his body and creates that extra space for Patty. But also, Patty does a great job of just kind of sneaking around the perimeter sometimes and getting those open spots and just hitting those big shots that the team needs. And he's been great, especially with you know Joe Harris being out. Oh, he's stepped up in such a big way. And obviously, we, we heard Joe speak to the Nets me, and hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. You know, Bruce Brown with his hamstring injury. But, you know, the next man up mentality, those blue-collar boys, especially Patty Mills, you might have to overtake, you know, Blake Griffin and Joe Harris as being the leader of that department because uh, he's playing better than blue-collar basketball. He's playing white-collar, orange-collar, <laughs> whatever color under the rainbow. That's Patty Mills. He's all of them and then some. So he's been absolutely incredible, Nick. But... The starters overall were a bit eh, Nick. Now, if you were to go through, you know, how would you surmise, I guess, the performance from Kevin Durant? You know, 8 of 19 from the field, which is good for a normal player, but not for Kevin Durant. 1 of 4 from 3, 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Did also have 9 dimes, 6 boards, only the 2 turnovers, and 3 blocks. Not the best offensive game from Kevin Durant, but, man, he made up for it in a lot of other ways. You know, you touched on the defense especially. Yeah, I think even offensively, he was okay. It was just really shooting-wise. Like, you could tell his shot was a little bit off. You know, Cavs did a pretty good job, you know, playing defense on him and giving him a lot of attention. He never really got a ton of clean looks into his spot. And, you know, he did miss a game. Maybe the shoulder's bothering him a touch. But 
nine assists is good. And I thought, you know, we saw a couple of sessions, him working out of the post, setting other guys up. He has a nice chemistry with Patty Mills as well. Um, and it looked like Cam Thomas was a guy that Kevin Durant was trying to get involved and trying to get him going. And they mentioned on the broadcast, those two were developing a relationship off the court. So that's pretty cool. Especially on see. Instagram, Nick. We remember <laughs> the last game that Cam Thomas was able to get out there. And, you know, those guys out in each other, I'll be certainly be keeping an eye on their Instagrams. Yeah. Uh, tonight for sure but yeah Kevin Durant is uh, otherworldly and we had the the highest standards for him but he can still just do so much that we just forget that you know he's not just the best shot maker that we've ever seen you know he, he can throw dimes at plenty he's an incredible teammate his leadership has stepped up in a fashion uh, that we probably haven't seen you know he's playing a level of comfort and desire and motivation yep. um, that we've rarely seen from him as well and uh, he's just an absolutely incredible player and I'll, I'd love to see that he's continuing to get to the free throw line on such a regular basis you know it seems to me that there's always a night whether if it's him he, that James Harden will get into the line KD's getting to yep. it and if James Harden if Kevin Durant's not then James Harden's getting 15 or 20 of them so that that mentality is really really important and as you mentioned there Nick you know nine assists the team overall had 32 I've yeah. said before you know 25 sort of like a magic number for me you know most of the time this season I'm pretty sure every game this season about 25 or more assists they've won the game so if they continue to get that ball movement going and funnily enough when we were chatting in the DMs a little bit here and there I was like ball movement let's increase that ball yeah. movement by the end of the game, you know, they're clearly listening to my tweets of some regard, maybe. They're in our DMs. No, <laughs> um, you know, it really was, though, is like that third quarter, you saw the energy pick up, and a lot of that was KD. He kicked off that quarter with high energy. I think he started off with like a block on Jared Allen and scored on the other end of the floor. And I thought defensively he was really good in this game. He has Jared Allen's like turnaround, whatever it is, his hook shot or his jumper, like time perfectly, swatted that pretty bad. Almost felt bad for Jared a little bit in those situations. But KD a little rusty in this one, but still overall – very impactful for the win, especially late in the game. James Harden, Nick, 5-10 from the field, 4-4 four, four from the free throw line. Didn't hit a three ball today, 0-2 from there, but 14 assists to go with these 14 points. Another five turnovers. It can be a bit sloppy, but did have six boards, including an offensive one. How would you grade or how would you you know analyze this performance uh, from the beard? Yeah, I think I like James to be more aggressive. You know, obviously taking more shots, just 10 shots isn't enough. You need him to be at least at like 15, given there are guys out. 14 assists is nice. I think Isaac Okoro did a good job of like really hounding him. There's definitely multiple call, multiple situations where you felt like James maybe should have got to the line or should have got free throws or whatever it is. So not that James's best night. I think he was discouraged by the officiating in Isaac Okoro, but you still want to see him take more shots, especially the step back. I think he took one step back in this game, which I just found kind of interesting given, you know, he's been taking at least three or four, it seems like, in most games. Yeah, you can't have John Joe Bembry, Paddy Mills, James Johnson, LaMarcus Aldridge, all of those guys taking more shots than James Harden. So yep. hopefully he gets to be a bit more aggressive. And if he's not taking those amount of shots, then he needs to be having you know 10-plus free throws. So yep. you know, James is still working his way out. He's still had a, a pretty good season. He's been working his way back of late, especially in the past sort of seven or eight games uh, in, in saying that too. So, But Nick, James Johnson, LaMarcus Aldridge, both of these guys, look, the... The box score doesn't look great for, you know, James Johnson. 4 of 13 from the field. He had a crucial three ball, but only one of four from there. 0 of 2 from the free throw line. Four boards, including two of them offensive. Five assists, two steals. And you've got LaMarcus Aldridge, 10 of 14 from the field. That dude just, I can't remember the last time he missed actually a basket, to be fair. Didn't hit any of your three balls that you love seeing from him. But again, hit another free throw. 11 boards, including two of them offensive. Had a block, plus 14, 21 points. Nick, do one of these guys need to start for Blake Griffin, maybe? 
You know, I think you're. we're talking about possibly LaMarcus starting for him. You know, we mentioned earlier in the season that, like, hey, we need that scoring pop off the bench. But maybe if Nash is willing to give Cam some minutes or he's just going to stagger like he has been. I think the staggering has been pretty good of late. You've always had KD or Harden on the floor and then, like, a mix of Patty Mills and whoever else is out there. So I wouldn't be surprised if they start LaMarcus moving forward. You know, he's he's earned it. <laughs> like you said, he doesn't really miss from the mid-range. He's developing a nice chemistry with James Harden where he doesn't roll to the rim. He just kind of pops out for a mid-range range shot and that's just really valuable to the offense and he's a true center with his size the two offensive rebounds I believe were tippins you know and don't get me wrong there are disadvantages to playing LaMarcus like defensively in the pick and roll there are issues because he just doesn't move that well he doesn't have that crazy vertical or anything like that so you know you it's a give and take situation but like I said before they switched KD onto Jared Allen put LaMarcus on Isaac Okoro we just allowed him to kind of hide in the corner something to really consider is you know playing LaMarcus just because he's played so well and he gives you another option. I think it also allows the offense to start better. You know what I mean? I think, like, we've talked about it. Like, the Nets are playing better defense this season, but at the end of the day, for them to win a championship, they need to be a really good offense, and LaMarcus is an avenue to kind of get there, especially when you're putting him out there with Patty Mills, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and himself, and then it's not as bad if you're playing a Bembry or a James Johnson because now you have four good offensive players. Yeah, maybe you get a different version of Blake Griffin off the bench. You know, maybe yeah. that's that that change might actually benefit him because I did see a, a quote from the Marcus Aldridge talking about the fact that you know it's an adjustment for him and he'd love to be starting. He can't do any more than than to earn that yep. starting spot. Like he has done absolutely everything offensively, been really credible defensively, if not above average in that department. So if it doesn't happen in the next two or three games, Nick, then I think Steve Nash has made the wrong decision. But we'll wait and see how that does pan out. But James Johnson, Nick, uh, James Johnson and DeAndre Bembry continue to just provide, a, uh, in the absence of Bruce Brown, sort of step up in the in the sort of little things department. Whether it's you know handling defensively, a bit of ball handling here and there, and just being a, a, a sort of a role player that the Nets need when they're missing probably two of their best ones in Joe Harrison and, and Bruce Brown. Yeah, no, James Johnson's been awesome. He's really stepped up for this team, closed the game tonight. He offers them defensive versatility as well. Looks comfortable on bigs, can do okay on some guards in different situations. And I think offensively provides them something a little bit different. Like I mentioned, the ball handling is something that sticks out. And then also, like you saw him late in this game, just find the open spots and get easy dunks and layups. Like he understands what he needs to do out there. He's not the most gifted guy at this point in his career, or he never really has been, but he understands how to play basketball and make the right plays. And I think he could turn into being a really nice tool on this roster and continues to develop. Obviously, three-point shot could be better. Making some more shots would be cool. But at the end of the day, he's not really there to be an offensive microwave. You know, he's there to do other things on the floor and do the dirty work. Yeah, it's it's the same thing with DeAndre Bembry. Both of those guys can just do enough of the other stuff, whether it's, you know, facilitation, you know, offensive rebounding, you know, tenacious defense, you know, good athleticism, because yep. the best versions of the Brooklyn Nets in seasons past, you know, last season, namely, um, Jeff Green at the five. You know, I, yep. I want to see a little bit of James Johnson coming around there as your front court. I don't think that James Johnson is the athlete that Jeff Green is, but, you know, he's been struggling a little bit in Denver right now. But He's tougher, sure. though. Not to say Jeff Green's not a tough player. I mean, James Johnson looks like he's ready to like rip somebody's head off i was kind of worried for the ref when they gave him that, that tech today so 
his rebounding has been you know yeah. incredible, and I think that's where the Nets have been weak of late. And you know they've been one of the worst offensive rebounding teams, one of the worst rebounding teams in general in the NBA, giving them up as well. But when you've had, like we sort of touched on at the start of the pod, him and Lamarcus Aldridge out there, they've looked awesome and really taking care of the boards and showing the physicality, boxing out hard, and and you know just doing the little gritty, dirty things when Kevin Durant misses a shot, Patty Mills misses a shot, James Harden misses a shot. Well, James Johnson's going to be there fighting for it. So. You can't ask more from them, but they've been awesome, Nick. So uh, absolute kudos to them. Yeah, and like you said, Bembray definitely did some great things out there and you know, wasn't necessarily his best offensive game three-point shooting-wise, and Garland got the better of him a couple times, but you love the energy and effort. And just quickly before we get out of here, Paul Millsap played some more minutes tonight. Uh, played nine minutes and 54 seconds, one of four from the field, two points, and four rebounds, one offensive, and one steal. I think Millsap started to look more in a rhythm in some of these situations here and it could be a possibility of playing him more, especially, you know, if they decide to bench Blake or, you know, want to give him some rest or whatever it might be. But overall, you know, a really nice comeback for the Nets who just didn't show up in the first half fully. They were like half there, kind of sleepwalking a bit. Third quarter turned it up, made some great plays and made some adjustments too from Steve Nash. Yep, make those adjustments, keep going forward, keep banking them in. Third in and five now, Nick, you know, hopefully keeping a stranglehold of that top position and continue to work out a few kinks here and there. James Harden gets himself better. Steve Nash maybe fiddles a little bit with the rotation. You know, we've got our third best player out in Joe Harris, maybe our fourth or fifth in Bruce Brown. Who knows what's going on with Kyrie Irving these days. He's yeah. posting a lot on Instagram, but um, hopefully he's, he's, he's missing a bit of basketball too. So uh, a lot of things happening uh, with, with this Brooklyn Nets team. And, and the most important thing is that they're winning. Yeah, they're missing pieces right now, but they're finding ways to win games. And like you said, Cleveland's probably a pretty good team. They'll probably end up being either a borderline playoff team or a play-in team. And they're missing some guys out there, but Jared Allen came to play tonight, and they have some good veterans over there. And, Jack, final note before we get out of here, the Nets won the field goal attempt battle again tonight, 95-93, to something we're not used to seeing for this team. But, Jack, always a pleasure, and big thanks, everybody, for listening. Catch the buzz on all streaming platforms. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.